We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. We've got a special recruiting edition for you coming uh, today. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. TJ Inman will be along with us shortly, as will Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. A lot to talk about with the early signing day coming up in just five days. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. Right now, we welcome in TJ Inman. TJ, uh, it's been a while. Hopefully, we got the bitter taste of the loss of Purdue out of our mouths. Uh, but are you ready to talk to me out of football again? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Always, um, you know, certainly ready to turn the page on uh, what was a frustrating end to a kind of a frustrating season overall. Uh, things just never quite seemed to click. Um, and I know that uh, we're both excited about, um, you know, some of the players Indiana has committed and uh, ready to get them signed on the dotted line so that it's official. And then uh, it's an important next four or five days here as Indiana tries to uh, add to this recruiting class, which they did uh, with uh, another running back commitment earlier. And, um, you know, probably uh, we'll talk to Matt about it, but uh, a few more spots uh, certainly open for this class as IU tries to round out what right now on paper uh, is certainly one of the best recruiting classes we've seen come to Bloomington in quite some time. Yeah, and with that, we're going to welcome in Matt Weaver from Peaks.com. Matt, uh, how are you doing on this chilly December evening? Uh, I'm doing okay. How are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. Any time to, to talk IU football. We wish we were previewing a bowl game, but that didn't happen this year. But with the early signing period, it's kind of Christmas come early for for people who cover recruiting, cover the football program, and, and care about the football program. Matt, before we get into the class, just what are the differences you see with this early signing period? Well, I mean, it's it, to me, it's just basically kind of moved things up. It hasn't been as crazy, um, you know, the last week or two before the signing day, like you have in February with, you know, guys flipping all over the place. There's still some of that going on, and maybe down the road that – kind of gets to be like it was um, with the February date. But, you know, you don't see maybe as much as the, uh, you know, the decommitments and then and switching. I mean, that's still part of football recruiting, but it just doesn't seem to be as much as the wild, wild west, as I think Kevin Wilson used to call it the last couple of weeks before signing day um, that, you know, that we've had in the past for this one. But, um, you know, it's, it's it's it just feels different, no doubt about it, because usually this time of the year, whether it's a bowl game or not, you're – you concentrate on official visits, but you're not really you're not really like in uh, you know hyperdrive mode as far as a signing day because it's still more than a month away. But uh, personally, I'm glad it's early. Uh, it's nice to get most of the class knocked out before uh, Christmas, before the new year. But um, 
sure for the coaches, it's been quite an adjustment. And then what – how many people do you expect IU to sign on the 20th on Wednesday? And, you know, what should be taken if somebody uh, who is a verbal commit doesn't sign? Well, there, from my understanding, and I, I, I don't know this rule completely, but there's a Big Ten rule where basically you're kind of capped with however many spots you have on your roster. So it kind of depends on, you know, your attrition, your graduation. And I don't know all of Indiana's numbers, but basically what I've kind of heard is that they can sign 22. Um, and and um, anything above that, uh, you know, those guys are going to have to be held back. Now, if you look at the class, the commitments, they've got 21. Uh, by my count, I could be off on this. I think three of them have not taken official visits. That would be Jordan Justovich, Charles Campbell, and Micah McFadden, I think. Unless McFadden came last week, he might have. But I know at least two of them haven't. That tells me those two are going to be signing in, in February. Um, that they were going to, have, and to me, that what that means is, it's you know, it means they they had to hold two back. They talked to them. You know, I'm sure it wasn't an easy conversation, but as far as I know, those guys are fine, and and you know they'll be signed in February, and, and I'm sure taking their official visits next month. But right now, it looks like 22 is the number. Um, we'll see if that's still the case on Wednesday, but that's kind of the 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 uh, the number I've been um, given. All right. Well, let's get down into this class a little bit, unless, TJ, you have something to, to add to the early signing period line of questioning. No, no, we can, uh, we can get into the class. And I, before, we, before we get going, I, I do want to uh, uh, congratulate uh, Matt and, and Brian Snow. I know that Brian uh, organized the event, and then uh, Matt and Jeff Rabjohns uh, had some really good coverage of the uh, forum tip-off classic last Saturday at Southport High School um, basketball event, but certainly IU-related. Um, I was there uh, the whole day and uh, saw Matt from across the way. Didn't didn't go say hi because things got, got going and there was uh, not much break in the action, uh, but it was a great event uh, by Brian and, and his, his team, and uh, I thought that uh, the coverage provided by uh, Matt and Rap Johns with Peaks was, was tremendous. So I just wanted to mention that. Uh, for anyone interested to go check that out, it's great stuff. Um, now we'll get into the class. I, Matt, um, I think from from afar, uh, I'm certainly not an expert on recruiting, but I've been very impressed with uh, Tom Allen and, and his staff's ability to uh, bring in a number of high-quality three-star or low-four-star guys. And the first kind of part of the class that I want to ask you about um, is Indiana's offensive backfield. I think it was an an area that was a concern for everybody after this past season where the offense was so uh, inconsistent and flat out bad at times. Uh, Where do you think or do you think Indiana has kind of improved quite a bit at running back with a couple of guys coming in uh, at running back? Do you think that they've up the quality of that position quite a bit and change that. And then at quarterback, uh, still I know they're working to add another one, uh, Reese Taylor, a guy that is going to get a shot. Do you think Indiana has an answer uh, here in this recruiting class for the quarterback position, which uh, right now I know is a huge question mark moving forward? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the quarterback part first. Um, they've they got two guys that they're in on. They were down in um, – 
the two guys were Michael Penix uh, from Tampa, Florida, and then uh, 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 Jerry Bohannon from, uh, I think it's Earl, Arkansas, a little small town, kind of over by the Tennessee border, not too far from Memphis. He's a four-star guy, um, really good athlete. In fact, I think he might be going to LSU this weekend, and they're recruiting him as a linebacker. That's how good of an athlete he is. Um, wow. Just actually right before I called you guys, I checked in with somebody who's um, – got connections to Bohannon just to see if any is still in the mix. And, and uh, he said that everything he's hearing is they are, and that he should have more of an update tomorrow. Um, I would say that Penix, uh, he's a left-handed guy, was committed to Tennessee, the kid from, from Tampa, is probably the more likely of the two, but they do have a shot at both. Um, uh, Tom Allen and four assistants were in the home of Michael Penix last night. Now, he's at FSU today. You know, with the coaching change, they're without a quarterback. Now, they are – I think they're trying to get James Foster, who's a big-time uh, quarterback in next month. Um, and they've also been trying to work on the field kit, this stud that's committed to Georgia. I don't know where they're at with that. But he's there today. Now, one thing I've heard is his parents would kind of like him to leave Florida for college because they did that, and they kind of felt like it was beneficial for them to kind of get away, experience something different, you know, for that time of your life. So whether that turns out to be the case, I'm sure it's going to be hard to turn down FSU if they make a hard push at him. But, you know, it sounds like Indiana's right there in the mix for him. We'll see what happens. Those guys are both early enrollees, so we'll know soon um, what's going to happen with both Bohan and, and Penix um, as far as what their decision is. Um, with Reese, um, I think at the very least Reese will have a package. I think it's still kind of up in the air what his exact role will be. I've heard a few whispers that he would actually prefer to play defense. Um, so we'll see what happens there because um, I think he looks at it as if I want to play at the next level, um, my best chance is yeah. to be as a corner. Um, but yeah. I, I will say this, there's no, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that he will at least have a package. Whether it's as a full-time quarterback or a part-time quarterback, he will be on offense in some form or fashion. Um, and he may be a two-way player for him. That may be what they end up doing. At running back, uh, I love Ronnie Walker. I mean, he's in this weekend. He's actually their only official visitor. You know, they're pretty much done as far as the early signing period for going after guys. And then after this, they'll probably regroup. And, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. But he's their official visitor this weekend. He is an early enrollee. Um, I think he's really good. Um, I mean, obviously, he just won a state championship last week at his high school. And he kind of brings something that I'm not sure they have. He's, he's a speed back. He's quick. He's got elusiveness. Um, he can run between the tackles. Uh, but he is I, he is a guy that I expect to be right there in the mix come next fall because he's getting in early and just his talent level. Um, and then the kid they got today that you mentioned, Stevie Scott. I mean, he's you know just a, a big, big back, 240, I think, runs well. Now, I did get had an ankle injury this year at his, at his school and missed a lot of the season, but put up huge numbers last year as a junior. And, um, you know, this is a, a kind of guy that would – it'll be a nice compliment with these two and um, – uh, you know, Morgan Ellison and then Cole Guest. I mean, that's a nice – to me, running back has gone from position, as you said, TJ, that was, you know, kind of uh, iffy to now. I, to me, I think it's going to be a position of strength going forward. I think they've done a real nice job. Mike Hart's done a great job of kind of reinforcing that, that spot. And then along the offensive line, Matt, IU clearly struggled there this year. Uh, they need some immediate help. Um, are they – close to getting immediate help uh, and what uh, commits in this class could help, you know, maybe not next year, but a, a year or two down the road. Well, they've got two O-line commits right now in, in, in Aiden Rafferty from uh, out of uh, Washington, D.C. And then Nick Morozis, uh, you know, from um, uh, 
right there outside Chicago, Brother Rice High School. Those guys are both listed as tackles. Morozis, I saw him in camp. He might fit better as a guard. He's a guy, he kind of, I don't want to say he's Dan Feeney. I'm talking about, like, his, his size. He's comparable to Dan Feeney, as in he's got the feet to probably play tackle, but maybe not the ideal length. But you could put him out there if you, if you had to. I think he fits better as a guard. Now, Rafferty's a tackle all the way. Um, you know, they're both, they both got good size. They're both right around 280 plus. Um, you know, you prefer not to play uh, linemen as freshmen if you don't have to. But physically, they're close. And, you know, summer of conditioning and all that, you know, they, they may be guys that are in the mix. I mean, to me, the biggest way or the best way for the O-line to improve, and we've talked about this this year this season, is the current guys just improve themselves because those are the guys, you know, Caleb Jones, you know, hopefully he's good enough to play. Uh, Matt McKenzie Nora improves a bunch. You know, those guys get better. Harry Kreider, guys like that. As far as immediate help, you know, they had uh, Nick Linder in, grad transfer alignment for Miami. He's a center guard. I, I would guess if, you know, Indiana gets him, he'll be a center. He started most of his games there at Miami at center. Um, he is close to announcing. He just graduated from Miami actually yesterday. Um, uh, O-line coach Darren Hiller was down there for that. UCLA seems to be other, the other school in the mix for him. Um, so it's it's just kind of going to come down to see who he picks. Um, I know Indiana feels good about it. Um, I heard UCLA feels good, so – We'll see what happens. I think he's close. I don't have a date on what he's going to announce. Um, he's he's pretty much radio silent. Uh, he shut off his Twitter page, and um, any information I get is from a high school coach in Georgia that coached him when he was down in Florida. So um, it's uh, a little bit sketchy on the info, but you know Indiana appears to be in good shape. He'd be a nice guy to plug in at center for one year, um, and I think that would really strengthen the old line. But um, you guys are right. The old line is a, is a question mark to me. The biggest way to improve or best way to improve is for the guys coming back just to kind of step up their game. Hopefully those those reps they got this year will make them better. Yeah. I, in terms of we'll, we'll finish up on the offense here and then uh, switch over to, uh, to the defensive side. But on offense, um, you know, a lot of the uh, – a lot of guys are back for Indiana next season, uh, only losing just a couple of pieces – you know, Simi Cobbs uh, certainly expected uh, to announce any day. I, I don't know um, if there's any doubt about that. And then Ian Thomas and uh, Richard Lego, of course, and probably some some transfers that are gonna that are going to uh, probably leave at some point. Um, you know, most of the guys are, are coming back, so you've got most of the returning pieces of the puzzle. Not a whole lot of room for uh, for newcomers to contribute there. Is there anyone else uh, or anyone that we, we haven't mentioned or you have mentioned uh, that you think is an immediate impact guy outside of Ronnie Walker, who you already mentioned, and uh, and Reese Taylor? Anyone else on that offensive side of the ball that's coming in uh, that you feel is an immediate impact guy for 2018 if they are uh, healthy? I would go with I would go with T.J. Ivey at tight end because, like you mentioned, Ian Thomas yeah. is gone. And after that, really, the only guy we really saw a lot of was Ryan Wanacutter. And, he's, you know, and he, he does a solid job, but he's more of an H-back. He's not really, you know, the tight end you're looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, maybe some of the returning guys will, are, will step up in the offseason. We'll have to wait and see. But T.J. Ivey is kind of an Ian Thomas, you know, kind of clone. I mean, he's 6'5", around 230 or so. He'll, you know, I'm sure he'll be bigger by the time he gets to IU. can catch the ball, good good receiver. So I think he's a guy, and I mean, obviously Peyton Hendershot um, played a little bit on special teams, ended up getting hurt, got a red shirt. So you know, you kind of hope he can step up and be the guy. But as far as 
positions on offense. To me, tight end is the biggest one other than, you know, running back or, uh, you know, possibly quarterback where a new guy could come in and, and get playing time right away. At receiver, Jacoby Hewitt's a mid-year guy, so that gives him an advantage. And then Miles Marshall, I saw him play live at the beginning of the season down in Georgia, and um, he had a good year, and I know the staff really likes him. And here's the thing. Coaches like to play the guys that they recruit. And so the guys that Grant Hurd has recruited in Indiana are Walt Fillior, Ty Freifogel, and the two guys they got coming in now. doesn't mean he's not going to play Westbrook and Donovan Hale because those guys are going to play. But I'm saying uh, if push comes to shove, guys like to play the guys that they've recruited and have a relationship with. So they're going to get every chance to play. Uh, they have to jump over some pretty good receivers. Um, but, you know, competition brings out the best. And that that's going to be, even if they lose semi which, like you said, I think it's going to happen, it's going to be a really good position group, you know, going forward with the guys they brought in. But I think T.J. Ivey is a guy that I could see getting on the field this year. Yeah, let's switch over the defense. Uh, T.J., you have one more question? No, I, yeah, that's what I was going to say was for, for defense, uh, just there's a guy that uh, that I believe is, is going to play linebacker, but uh, and that's Cam Jones. A tremendous athlete that you know excelled on both sides of the ball uh, in high school. Is that am I correct in, in that that he is uh, Cam Jones is the guy that they expect to to fill in and, and develop a linebacker? Correct. Yeah, and and he was a guy that you know when he initially committed the first time, it was as a receiver because um, that's right. kind of where they thought he wanted to play, and then he decommitted, and then they found out he wanted to play linebacker. Um, and he could be a stand. I mean, he, this guy could probably be like a Cody Latimer type receiver. He's that kind of athlete, really athletic guy, do it, do it all guy for his school. But he's going to be probably that stinger, you know, T. Gray scale position. So he's got a shot to come in. Now Memphis is trying to flip him. They were in his house last night, but I've heard that he's good. And we'll, you know, we'll see on Wednesday. But I, I've heard he's good. I mean, Jalen Williams, uh, Arkansas and TCU actually tried to get him to visit this weekend, and Tennessee's trying to get him to not sign this week and wait till February. But uh, everything I've heard is he's solid. So the poachers are coming out for sure for Indiana guys on uh, in this class, but they seem to be sticking true to their word. Right, and then in the, the secondary, uh, you have a, a couple couple guys coming in. You're losing Richard Fant, uh, Tony Fields, and, and uh, Chase Dutra. They got Dev Matthews, Matthews, who's a six safety a couple days ago. Do you see them going after a couple more defensive backs, especially at that safety position? I think they'll take one more. I think that's what they wanted to do. Um, Brandon mm-hmm. Cross was a guy that, that visited um, earlier this month. He was a Tennessee commit from Orlando, Florida. Uh, I kind of got word. I heard that he that he wanted to commit, but he also wanted to wait to sign and. If you're Indiana, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because if he commits and takes up a spot in the class and then bails on you in late January, you're kind of stuck. You know, you've you've lost a spot that you could have used for somebody else. So, um, not saying he's out of the picture, but um, I think right now they'll probably reassess that position. I wouldn't be shocked, and this isn't really to do with the recruiting class, but don't be shocked if they won't look for a grad transfer to at safety. You know, once they get past this signing date and get into January, and, excuse me towards February, that those don't count towards the recruiting class. Those are just, you know, they obviously count towards the 85-man roster, but those are still kind of recruits and new guys to the roster. So don't be shocked if you see them. I know Ole Miss has some guys that can transfer and play right away, so wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if they mm-hmm. maybe try to go after some guys that they have a relationship with from there. Yeah, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, kind of the opposite of the offense, 
there's going to have to be a lot of production replaced, a lot of talent replaced, a lot of experience replaced in that defense. Um, you know, you're not hitting the reset button because you do have some, some contributors back uh, and some guys that didn't play much or registered it this year that I know uh, I'm excited about, and I know the IU coaches are as well. Uh, but, you know, you're you're kind of uh, certainly it's going to be a new-look defense. We'll, we'll put it that way. I mean, I, I looked through this class, and there's a whole lot of defensive guys that I'm really excited about their potential. Uh, I mean, I think that they really helped themselves at pass rush uh, with speed and athleticism at that position. Uh, and then I, I think they got a, a pair of potentially really good linebackers in Aaron Casey and Cam Jones. Uh, so uh, among the defensive players that are that are going to be signing here coming up, uh, who do you view as kind of the early contributors from this class? I, I think they'll need quite a few of these guys to play, and I, I don't think that's a terrible thing because I, I do think a lot of these guys are very talented. Yeah, well, another early enrollee that they're going to have is James Head, the defensive end from Miami Southridge. Uh, really one of the highest-rated guys in this class, um, just yep. below the four-star level. Uh, he's uh, He will be, obviously, like I said, early enrollee signing next week and be in January. So I look at him. You know, if he can add a little bit of weight, um, you know, add a little bit of strength, um, all the physical ability is there. And he ends a spot where, you know, you mentioned they lose. Um, you know, got Greg Gooch is gone, Robert McCray is gone. Um, you know, so there's going to be playing time available. They'll have some guys back, but you know, this is a six-five, two hundred twenty-pound guy. You know, that can really run and move. They don't really have anybody like that on the roster. Maybe Tremar Reese, uh, but he needs to get bigger and stronger. Uh, James got the advantage of coming in early, um, getting the head start. So I see him. And the guy I mentioned, Jalen Williams, the corner. This is he is really a dynamic athlete. Um, I think he's a guy. You now they got some good corners back, but you do lose Rashard Fayette. Um, and you got to play a lot of corners in today's college football with the spread offenses. You, just, you need a lot of those guys. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him um, in the mix at corner. And then you mentioned Cam Jones and Aaron Casey, uh, two guys I really like. Um, Aaron Casey had a great year down in Georgia at his high school. And then Cam Jones, as I talked about, was a do-it-all guy. Tremendous athleticism. You know, at linebacker, there's a ton of playing time available. And really, the backups have not shown yet. You know, hopefully this is, you know, knock on wood, they, they do. But the backups, when they played this year, there was a drop-off, obviously, from Tigray and Covington to the backups, which you expected, but the, the drop-off was more than you would like. You wouldn't, you don't want to be that significant. So there's going to be a chance for these guys to come in and play right away at linebacker. Matt, we talked a little bit about recruiting rankings. Last year's class, IU is ranked uh, 62nd in the nation. This year, right now, they're ranked uh, – 39th just how important is it to keep you know put back-to-back class together that could be you know going into the 2019 class you know in into the top four sorry I'm here. For a minute. I'm here okay um I, I was just talking about recruiting rankings you know going back to 2016 um IU was 53rd, 2017 62nd, and then this year right now at 39th. How important is it to to build success to get, you know, to string a couple of these classes together uh, that, you know, this could start, you know, them finishing in the top 40 uh, nationally going forward? Well, it's a big deal. And and really where it shows up is 
if you have a, a, a so-so class or a, a not a great class, it's not going to really show up the next year or even the year after. It shows up when these guys are like redshirt sophomores, juniors, um, and that's when your depth takes a hit and you're, 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 you've got holes on your roster that you got to start filling. Maybe you have to go Jucos or something like that. Um, but, yeah, it is important. Um, you know, I think the staff has done a good job. Obviously, I heard you guys talking before I came on. It was a disappointing season. And to keep this class together, they have had no defections. Knock on wood, that stays the case till Wednesday. Um, but to keep this class together and to have a top 40 class, when you, you had obviously a disappointing year, not the season you wanted, I think it shows, you know, that this, these coaches can recruit. And, I, and not only that, half the staff came in late. And when I say late, they came in late for this class. Recruiting for 2019 started, you know, uh, a couple months ago, if not longer. They didn't get a start until earlier this year on this class. So, you know, some of the best prospects uh, in this class are on offense. I mean, Ronnie Walker's probably the best prospect on offense, and they got him. You got Aiden Rafferty, who's a really good prospect. Um, obviously, Reese Taylor, who could play offense or defense. So, you know, they've done a nice job. It'll be uh, to me, it'll be fun and interesting to watch how they do with the 2019 class, with you know more time under their belt to build those relationships and and to get those guys. But yeah, it's recruiting is such a it's just so important because if you have it down here, and it's not just overall. We look at the 2013 class, no offensive linemen. 2014, they took four, and only two of those guys are still on the roster in West Martin and Delroy Baker. And, and Delroy, you know, maybe not lived up to the, what everybody thought he was going to be. West Martin's been a solid player. So out of two years, you had really one offensive lineman that's been a big-time contributor, and it shows. The old line has struggled because of that. I mean, you just can't have misses at key spots um, in your recruiting classes because three or four or five years down the road, it really comes back to bite you. Yeah, and going back to quarterback a little bit, you know, IU, it's been well documented. They, they've struggled to to get a quarterback committed. It goes back to Kevin Wilson um, for several years. You know, we've seen guys commit, then decommit. Uh, if they go, if they don't get one of their top targets this year, you know, when do you start thinking about 2020 or 2019, 2020, uh, and is this, you know, why aren't quarterbacks drawn to, to Indiana? It's honestly, it's a great question, and it's one that I don't really have a great answer for. I mean, under Kevin Wilson, it was really perplexing because it was the kind of offense that a quarterback would want to play in, especially quarterback, you know, if you want to throw the ball, that's what his offenses do. Um, now, with this class, and I'm not to make excuses, but like I said, with the late start, I mean, I went looked, I was looking at 2019. <clears throat> the top three quarterbacks, according to 24-7 Sports Composite, are already committed to 2019 class. Um, and there's still mm-hmm. there's a handful of others committed. We're not even to December. And by the time February rolled around last year, I, I remember I added up with the scout ranking, like 15 of the top 20 quarterbacks in the 18 class were committed before the 17 class even signed. So they commit real, real early. So when you get a late start, you're really behind the eight ball. Now, for 19, we're going to find out because they need to get – to me, quarterback needs to be one of your first commits, if, if possible, because that really kind of draws everybody in. That's the headline guy in your class. That helps with the skill players. And even the defensive guys want to see that there's a good quarterback, a good person to lead that offense because it makes their job easier. So hopefully they can land one of their top guys in 19. If they don't land Penix or Bohan in this class – they're going to take somebody in January. They have to because they've really only got two scholarship QBs. Assuming, let's just assume that Reese doesn't play quarterback. You're going to have to. And then I think you're going to have to look at maybe trying to find a grad transfer in January, you know, to kind of balance the roster, give you a veteran guy. Plus, 
need more than three. I mean, we saw what happened at Maryland. We saw, you know, when um, uh, you know when Ramsey went down late in the year, it was Lego, and they may they had to burn Tronti's red shirt. You don't want to get to that point. So you really need four. You know, I remember Seth Luttrell was there. He told me he would get pissed if he didn't have five. So you know, but uh, you know, a lot of schools have five, and I think you need four minimum. So they're going to have to try to find a find a way to get two more guys on this roster. Um, you know. Maybe not by spring ball, but definitely by the start of fall camp. Cool. Go ahead, CJ. You have another question? Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, the quarterback issue is one that Sammy and I have spent a lot of time talking about. And it, it I mean, it's just really perplexing. But uh, I'm hoping, I do think the guys that they have on the roster, um, are good fits for what IU wants to do offensively. And I just, I know that they need to, need to add some to that. Um, I, I would ask, you know, about a couple of guys that uh, are either going to sign or it sounds like one of them not going to sign, but um, Eli Rogers and, and Jordan Jusevich. Uh, Jusevich had a really, really good career at Lowell uh, High School, a very good program. Um, here in Indiana, he was uh, runner-up for Mr. Football right after right after uh, Reed Taylor. Uh, kind of a bigger safety, and it, it seems like the talk is that he's likely going to uh, bulk up a little bit and play linebacker. Is that accurate? That uh, what are your thoughts on on Eli Rogers and where where he might fit in? Uh, two guys that kind of just round out the depth of his defensive class. Yeah, Jordan is a guy I I see Jordan play live and, and got to know him real well and you know stood next to him and just kind of let, you know he's got a he's got the frame where he could add that weight. Um, I think at the very least he he I, my guess is he'll be um, a husky. I don't I don't know if he'll be a true safety. And husky is basically a, a safe defense that just plays close to the line of scrimmage. But I have heard yeah. that they think he could bulk up and be. Uh, a linebacker, and he's definitely. I mean, he's a he is a heat-seeking missile on defense. He's he's a physical guy. He's perfect for what Tom Allen's looking for. This is a guy that he may not be on. it be a starter on defense in year one or maybe year two, but he'll be a special team demon for you. And then I think by the end, of, you know, his sophomore or by his junior senior year, this guy's going to be a starter for you and play a lot of football. Um, Elijah Rogers is a long, athletic corner. He's, he's got to get bigger. He's like 170. Um, he may, now, that may be a little bit bigger than that. That number may be a little bit old but um, or outdated, but he needs to get bigger. But, you know, came from a good football state in South Carolina, played against pretty good competition. Um, I would guess he's probably a redshirt candidate if I had to bet right now, um, just because we talked about they have some depth at corner. Um, and like yeah. I said, that strength that he needs is probably, you know, now maybe he grows. I don't know. I've never heard safety mention, but he's got the frame for it. And so maybe he grows into that. But that's one of those things where you kind of get him on the field, see what they look like, see, see what fits best for him. But right now he's a corner, um, and he's the kind of corner that, you know, Tom Allen likes those long press corners who can, you know, be physical at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, well, Matt, thanks for joining us uh, this evening. Uh, that's going to do it for our show tonight. Uh, but anyway, uh, early signing day is December 20th. I, I believe it's uh, going to be like any other signing day where, you know, they'll fire up the fax machines if they still use fax machines um, <laughs> early in the morning and, and all that stuff. IU has a press conference at 3 o'clock down in Bloomington. Uh, we'll be there. Matt will be there. Uh 
doing it. BTN has coverage all day, basically from 9 until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But, Matt, anyway, thanks for joining us. Have a happy holiday season. Merry Christmas to, to you and your family. And you know, we wish we were going to a bowl game this year, but uh, with the way this recruiting class is looking, it looks like IU's future is pretty bright. Yeah, I agree, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks so much. You guys have a good holiday season, too. All right, Thank you, man. We it. appreciate it. That does it for tonight's show. Uh, thanks to Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. Read his stuff over there. He does great stuff uh, for them, uh, covering recruiting, covering the football program and all of that. Uh, TJ will get going on some more uh, recruiting stuff on the site. We'll have uh, all the off-season coverage as well uh, going forward. We'll have a, a signing early signing period recap uh, after Wednesday as well. But thanks for joining me, and happy holidays, and Merry Christmas to, to you and your family as well. Absolutely. Same to you and uh, to our listeners. Thanks for thanks for being on with us, and uh, we'll have uh, you know we'll continue this podcast in uh, some level of volume here throughout the off season. We certainly won't disappear uh, until spring ball. We'll we'll be here, and uh, hopefully you stick with us. Yep, if we have to talk about which IU players are going to be the best curlers in the upcoming West, uh, Winter Olympics, we will. Uh, anything to talk a little oh, yeah. IU football during these cold uh, winter months up here in Indianapolis. Anyway, keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. It is the holiday season. If you have not done your Christmas shopping yet, shame on you. Um, but anyway, go. we have our Amazon ads up and running. Uh, just Click on them. It'll take you to Amazon. Search for your gifts, uh, and it helps support our site, our writers, uh, and what we do. So thank you very much for that. I wish everybody, if we don't have a podcast before Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? 
The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 